0: Okay, so welcome to the Truth to Power Show on Radio for Brooklyn. I'm your host, VGR Nathan. Uh, we have a special show today. Uh, we'll be starting in a few seconds. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we're here with uh, co-host, Scott Raven. Say hello, Scott. Greetings, salutations. Greetings, greetings. So um, we're here with uh, Lena Bell, who is the songstress of light, of the light. Tapestries of love with her up, uh, weaves tap, she, she weaves tapestries of love with her uplifting conscious music, weaving magic with her soulful vocals at the piano and acoustic guitar. She takes you on a journey deep into your heart and soul. Her songs remind us to surrender to the magic and knowing of nature herself and to trust our hearts and souls in the answers to life's questions. Lena's art his is art to sing for the awakening of humanity like birds do at sunrise, greeting the dawn. Is Lena online? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Great. All right. Yeah. Don't worry. All right. Oh, good. Good. We're just, well, we're just signing into Spotify, uh, just to be able to access some of your music. So it's really great to have you online. Um, why don't we start off a little bit about, um, I understand you have in your bio, you also have a, you're currently completing your full full length, first full length album, uh, nature knows. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and then the process of creating that album.
1: Yeah, so actually, the album is done now, and um, I'm about to crowdsource um, for creating really beautiful bundles with vinyl and like cool merchandise packages. So that's the next step to really launch it and release it. Um, but yeah, it's been really beautiful, a deep process working on this album. The just the production has been going on since fall of 2019 so it's been a long project there are 18 tracks in the deluxe album some of these songs i wrote in like 2016 some of them i wrote as late as 2019 maybe 2020 too um but it's been really beautiful and a journey of delving into my soul and um just excavating internally to birth these creations and really the sound that I wanted to get to. So discovering the sound through the process has been really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I understand that you also help singers to release their, their voice, to kind of unleash their voice. So tell us a little bit about uh kind of how you can coach people to kind of really and in your own process how that happens. Kind of releasing your your inner voice, releasing that 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 energy, that that um that magic that happens there. Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, with the vocal activation, I work I do with others. There's the energetic component and the physical component. So in the physical side, we're doing vocal warm ups to really open up the vocal mechanism, that get that breath flowing, and you know working on songwriting and song structure but then even deeper is that energetic component um so i work with clients on the healing aspects as well some um, a lot of people maybe were told by people around them growing up that they couldn't sing or that they couldn't do certain things artistically or maybe they were shamed at some point so That can kind of form an energetic blockage in the body. And with healing modalities, we can actually go in and release those blockages so that people can actually feel free again to sing and, like, get those pieces of their inner child back. Basically, a lot of people have been kind of stunted in their creativity because there's this idea that creativity is only for certain people. And you can only do it if you get it to a certain quote level and that level that, you know, the goalpost is always shifting and even people who are at the top of their game oftentimes feel not good enough in their creations. So just bringing it back to that joy of creating and, and freeing up that process to just have it be an expression of life rather than just an end goal
2: yeah beautiful to hear uh great to hear your voice, Lena. Uh, I know you're coming at us from um uh west coast right and um could you tell a little bit about the kind of how the processes might have differed for you having created um in in New York to now kind of creating um out out there? Hmm.
1: yeah thank you. well, New York has a really special magic, of course, especially Brooklyn. there's just some really amazing jam sessions in Brooklyn that I do miss. Um, It is more diverse as well, culturally, which I really like. And that um, it's, it's just really fun. Some of the just most amazing musicians gathering together for these like phenomenal jam sessions. Um, But yeah, in the West Coast, the scene I've been in is a little different. It's a little more relaxed. I've been, more also in the festival scene like the spiritual festival vibe which is more on the west coast too so that's been nice um it's expansive too my family's also on the west coast so there's a certain level of relaxation i have that brings out a different energy rather than the hustle and bustle of new york city for sure
2: right um so yeah, you talked a little bit about, I guess, blockages. Um and I, I can imagine mm. a place would have some sort of blockages as well, where you know, mm. you may need a shift uh not only in in the way you're framing things, but a shift in location sometimes um that can mm. kind of release some of those those blockages. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I believe in following your intuition. And really going with that because you might be called to be in a certain place at a certain time. And there might be a reason for that because each place has a different quality, different energy that can bring out a different quality in the art and in life, which is interesting. So just following that, that deep calling, that intuition to go where you're really called.
2: Right. Um, so, yeah, you you talked a little bit about um, how you're now closer to, to family a little bit. Can you tell a little bit about kind of your musical upbringing, a little bit about kind of the background, your early connections maybe to music? Um, Yeah, the first kind of songs that did strike a chord with you. Uh, A little bit about, you know, growing up with with music around you and how that fueled and, and, uh, and got into your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so my dad's a music teacher my mom's a dance teacher. So I definitely grew up around music, grew up around singing, I used to sing the Sound of Music songs all the time, and uh, when it, I used to sing Do a Deer. And when it would get to fall a long long way to run, I would run across the room because I was demonstrating everything. <laughs> <laughs> I used to sing in like the shopping carts at at the grocery store when I was really little, and I could still stand up in the shopping cart, and I would just sing through my repertoire of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and Do Do a Deer for like the moms and they would clap. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, music has definitely been a part of my life for a while. Uh, my My dad's a band teacher, like middle school band teacher and choral director <clears throat> and choral conductor. Um, so yeah, my grandmother on my dad's side is also an opera singer. She was an opera singer, beautiful mezzo-soprano voice. So she actually ended up coaching me in singing when I was in middle school and I learned the Italian songs that you tend to learn when you're starting to train in opera style. So that was really cool. And, um, yeah, I started training more in classical voice, which is where I ended up going to the Easton School of Music for, for classical voice and music education. So, and then it wasn't. I was writing songs a little bit growing up, though. I have a song that I wrote when I was like 10 called Fairy Tale. Another song I wrote when I was 16 called Oh Rain. Mm. And. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't until after college that I really delved deeply into songwriting and playing more of the style that I'm doing now.
2: Mm. Uh, yeah. And what point did. um? Your your style intersect with kind of the mindfulness community, um and you know, kind of connection to nature.
1: Yeah. Well, nature knows. I actually wrote in 2016 hmm. um with a bassist I was playing with. He played this riff and then I started singing it. So I think my own journey of healing got me deeper into that mentality of connecting with nature connecting with myself I did go through a healing process midway through college that got me onto that deeper level and then I would say in the year 2016 was when I started going even deeper into the spiritual vibe and um, my own spiritual practices and spiritual communities and groups. And that's when it really became a much more central focus in my music. The discovering that there is this scene was really interesting. When I discovered all this music, um, this kind of spiritual mindfulness scene, and I feel I felt like I clicked into my my crew, like my genre hmm. community.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like manifestation work as well. I'm interested in and how, um, you know, you're able to you know first defining what you kind of You know, in my understanding is like kind of creating in the imagination what you want and what you're going after and then kind of creating it in reality or kind of paralleling, connecting your imagination with what's going on in the outer world and understanding that the reflection, the outer world is just a reflection of what's going on inside you. Um, so but tell us a little bit of your understanding and, and how you bring manifestation work into your, into your practices.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so the way I view it is that everything begins in an energetic form, the seed of creation. So it begins in thought or your imagination. Your imagination is real in a certain plane of existence. So, as you're imagining and envisioning your reality, you are actually creating. And then there's a process through which it filters down into the material plane, provided kind of like when you're tending to a seed, the seed has the entire tree within it. And you tending to it every day is what allows that tree to grow in the right conditions. Mm. So that vision is the seed and then tending to the vision every day with love and care, like showing up to that every day. And with that full faith that it has the entire tree within it, like we don't have a doubt when we're planting a seed that it does have a plant that is within it in the blueprint. But sometimes we doubt our vision more but they're just like that. They're just as inevitable, as long as we just provide those conditions and care for them, and just show up, show up to our dreams every day with that full love, yeah. and care.
0: Thank you, thank you. It seems like um, a lot of people kind of have, at least, I've been exposed to the idea that um, you know we're in, we're kind of creators, and we're creating our reality, we're creating the reality that we exist in. And a lot of people will sometimes debate that saying, like, oh, you know, or some people have like a mentality that there's a, a you know, exterior, the traditional mentality rather is that there's like an exterior world and we're kind of, you know, adrift in this vast expanse of like things happening to us rather than us creating the the ex- reality in which we live in. And, um, yeah, I mean, t- tell us a little bit about what you're understanding of that is like, cause I know you're, you're talking a little bit about, how, you know, in order to empower ourselves. And that's one of the themes of the show is like finding that truth that can empower us. And this truth about the seed seems to be that essential truth that you, that is, is, that's empowering, you know, and, uh, and how you understand like manifestation work in terms of like being the creator of our reality. So we can kind of overcome all these, these, these things that people tell us, uh, negative blocks that they, they plant in us. We can kind of overcome by just weeding out the, um, the negative energy and, and we can kind of overcome. We have the power. To be able to be a creator in this world. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. we 100% have that power. And yeah, it is a consciousness shift. When you have a window into those higher realms and see from that perspective of infinity and remember that you actually created all of this, then you come back into the physical with that perspective, that higher perspective, Realizing it is basically like a video game in a way. This is a very temporary, temporary existence that we're experiencing right now in these bodies. And it's, it's, it's like a screen shifting in front of us and realizing like, wait, I actually created the code to this video game. And I, I'm not just a hapless character in a film. I actually am the author. And so I can rewrite what's going on and the whole universe is vibrating right all of the matter has an energetic vibrational imprint it's, it's moving at a certain frequency so we attract certain frequencies based on our frequency so really attuning, attuning ourselves to what we want to create like if I want someone else to love me loving myself is what then allows that space for that to happen or like if i want other people to respect me more maybe meditating upon am i truly respecting myself deeply Mm. and when i really um have that self-inquiry i usually find like wow i really have been neglecting myself or something like that I feel like somebody else is neglecting me or oftentimes I'm also neglecting myself. And then when I retune that and say, oh, well, how can I honor myself? How can I really care for myself more deeply? Then I start to attract people in my life, circumstances that are honoring me, treating me um, as I'd like to be treated. Mm. So that has been a really empowering tool because, yeah, then I don't have to be thinking about other people like they're just bad that, you know, being a victim of the people in my life or things like that. It's like, no, I actually, this is a beautiful grain of um, information that's coming to me that's giving me an opportunity right now to sh- to show me how I can shift this. And then everything then becomes a gift.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
2: Could you t- tell us a few ways that you do nurture yourself and ways that you have found have been, I guess, uh, helpful to, to, uh, to those feelings of when you need a shift or when, um, yeah, something might be, might be, you know, changing?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, even just really simple things, like even just taking this time to create a nice meal for myself, Mm -hmm. and just nurturing my body. Things like going to the grocery store and getting good food, taking a little bit of time off, taking a bath, going out in nature, having that balance of being willing to take breaks, and then also face my fears, too, like not avoid tasks, really go for them when it's time for that, and then take breaks when it's time to relax and just, I guess, really listening. A big key would be really listening to my body rather than living life based on the expectations of others as we're trained, rather than being like, how am I, how are other people feeling about me? How am I fulfilling what everybody wants of me? Am I doing what I should do or whatever kind of nebulous idea I'm supposed to be fulfilling for Mm -hmm. society or for whoever, but really tapping into myself in the moment, like what is actually needed for me because I'm worthy of being listened to. I'm worthy of being cared for in that way. And it might be different every day what my body is really asking for.
0: Yeah, it seems like also a part of that is setting up boundaries for others perhaps. And like when we when we sure. are able to when we're able to really touch into what our worth is, we're able to also sure. perhaps enforce in a, in a very respectful and and um kind of understanding where maybe not even like just like you know we exude that kind of idea that we attract people into our lives who, you know, um who reflect our values as well as you know, kind of setting up boundaries to people who, who perhaps are, are violating that thing, uh violating that, those boundaries, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and those boundaries and those moments is basically telling the universe, like, I no longer consent to this pattern. Yeah. And w- when you say I don't consent to something, it has to stop, like, the energy of it. So if you're like, I don't consent to being treated this way, I am now cutting off this situation you know when that's necessary then you're basically telling the universe like I am done with that pattern I now choose to move on and I'm leaving that behind
2: that's important now um you've spoken uh, often about uh, bringing abundance into your life um and you know how can how can one one do that be conscious of that uh, but at the same time, be aware of these these boundaries. Mm. Oh,
1: aware of... Um, maybe, could you rephrase that a little bit? I'm not exactly sure. Right,
2: right, right. Seeking out abundance um, in, in the world. Um, ways that, you know, we talked a little bit about manifestation, but wanting abundance uh, in what areas, what uh, specific mm. ways with which to achieve abundance. Um,
0: well, but it, one thing I want to add on is that it's like about, you know, sometimes people think about manifestation work as being about, you know, self-development, you know, releasing a, a inner voice, but also you mentioned about material things like, you know, feeling worthy of having financial success, being worthy of, you right. know, getting, getting, getting these kind of thinking, grow rich kind of thing. So that then we're kind of, you know, allowing ourselves to be able to be successful, to be able to be, Kind of those benchmarks that many maybe people sometimes think are beyond spirituality, if you will. I don't know. Like some spiritual sure. communities would be like, "Oh, we're beyond money or we're beyond material things." But you know, re- you know, re- realistically, we have to live in this world and we have to be worthy sure. of achieving these things. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Totally. It's like it's similar with artists too. I mean, and artists are basically doing spiritual work, and we get asked to play for free a lot and it's like you know it's like yeah we love the work and we love the art but it's like at the end of the day we gotta pay bills you know?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you gotta pay the rent you gotta pay i have a song called <laughs> "Rent." like you gotta pay the rent you gotta you know um feed yourself and that's the thing that this whole like self-sacrifice mentality is something that i had to train myself out of Mm. Because I realized I actually am not functioning at my highest capacity when I'm literally worried about bills and rent and, like, scurrying around, doing all these different things just to, like, barely try to make it by. I'm not functioning at my highest capacity to be of service to anyone in that place. Um, So how we can't pour from an empty cup so realizing like even if the purpose is to be of service the best way to be of service is to really serve yourself and allow that overflow to then really be of service to people um because it's going down the path of self-sacrifice and feeling guilty about having things because Even this idea like, well, if other people don't have it, then why should I have it? It's like, okay, so me not eating is somehow going to help someone else eat. (laughs) Yeah. It it just doesn't make sense. Like, maybe if I planted a whole crop of food, then I could share it with the neighborhood. You know? Like, if I have an overabundance, then I could share it with a lot of people. But if I deny myself, I can't do anything for anyone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And also I think that one of the realizations I had is that it's like how do we relate with the narrative, the prevailing narratives and and all these kinds of things, rather than thinking them as being the objective truth, it's like a relationship with um for example, also one thing that came to mind is that for example, I'm in the studio right now and this is just a room with, you know, chairs and, and, and signs and windows, but then I'm relating with all those objects as the studio. And it's interesting how I impute or I kind of create the studio in my imagination. And it's shared with other people. Of course, other people have point of references that are similar. But really getting down to the mechanics of on the ground of how manifestation works, it's like I'm manifesting a studio out of these components. And then on the basis of the components, I'm manifesting a studio. And then that's how I relate with the studio as a studio. And then my relationship with the studio gets more and more complicated. Like, oh, you know, it's good or it's bad. Or it's like, you know, I, my feelings towards the studio become evident all these kinds of things my my judgments my critical values of this become evident and it's a reflection of myself but ultimately it's just uh uh you know a bunch of objects if you will um that are that are placed in you know in a sp- spatial orientation but you know this gets to the mechanics of like you know understanding how we can from there launch into creating our own life and this is what i'm kind of hearing from you as well and so also i know you do some um live casts where you, where you did some uh, Instagram live casts. Where you talk a little bit about this. I, I visited one of them where you're like about mm-hmm. how, um, you know, how we can create, we, how we relate with. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about how you understand that and a little bit how, and what, what's your, what your understanding of the mechanics of manifestation, what the possibilities are.
1: Mm. Yeah, the mechanics of manifestation. Yeah, totally. I would say a really key component is self-love and opening up to that worthiness. That might even be the first step. Yeah. Um, Because when we're really this, um, when the body gets in this like fight or flight response and we're very tense about something, it's very hard to really allow it to filter into our reality. Mm. So I'd say the first step is really like being with the body and really uh, creating that space of safety for the body. Like how can I allow myself to feel good and relax. And then from that space, like whether it's a meditation practice or being out in nature, or taking a bath, whatever really allows you to get into that alignment of, of feeling safe, feeling relaxed. That's the first step because it's very hard to manifest when you're really stressed. And um, so whatever kind of gets your mind away from the stress and into something that can just allow you to feel relaxed even for a little bit. Mm. And then having gratitude of the present moment first, like anything, you know, even if you have like one thing in the fridge, being like, wow, I'm really grateful I have, I have that loaf of bread, yeah. I have a loaf of bread, and fe- like noticing what's there, like I have some family members that love me, like I have a couple friends who I can call up. And noticing where the abundance already is, like,
4: mm.
1: even, like, maybe you get tipped a couple dollars and you're like, thank you. And you really, like, feel that gratitude mm. for just this couple dollars and, like, really feel the energy of the money and, like, thank you. I'm so grateful for these two dollars. It's so beautiful. And, like, just really, like, being that gratitude of what's there, it's like a spark. And a spark can be created into a fire, really noticing where the sparks are and then being like, yes, and I'm so open to it growing and, you know, and then kind of just imagining like in a fun way, like, ooh, it's going to be so fun when I have $10,000 and I can just,
3: hmm,
1: what am I going to do with it? Ooh, I'm going to pay off this debt and then I'm going to relax and I'm going to get, a massage, and then I'm going to take the little day trip over here. Just kind of imagining like, mm that's going to feel really good. Mm. And then, oh, I'm going to do that. And then just like really allowing yourself to imagine and daydream what you're going to do with that. And just relax into it and just be grateful for that. And then maybe even imagining yourself as already in that space um, in that future space, like, um, mm, I'm so grateful for this ten thousand dollars, and'm just so so happy that I get to feel relaxed and abundant and and maybe even noticing like why what's the true reason I want that? What's that feeling that it gives me? like, mm, the feeling that it gives me is feeling relaxed, I get to finally relax. Mm -hmm. I get to finally feel supported and that's data you can use relaxed and supported because maybe it feels harder to think about the money at first and then maybe focusing on feeling relaxed and supported Mm -hmm. is easier. That's really a key. So then you're like, okay, what can really allow me to get into this space of feeling relaxed and supported? And then even if it's just little things, the calling up a friend or doing some self care to really bring in that energy of feeling relaxed and supported. And then as you're embodying that feeling relaxed and supported more, the aspects, the components of that reality, including the money come in more easily because you're a vibrational match.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I know a way um, where I first kind of encountered your music was through kind of uh, the idea of a sound bath um and you know mm. music putting you in that that state uh in addition you no, know, you have a, a soothing speaking voice but the singing voice uh I- allowing you to to relax uh transport transport yourself could you talk a little bit about music's ability to put you in that uh state of relaxation and uh and afterwards mm. i think maybe we'll play we'll play one of your tracks if that's okay
1: yeah of course great yeah, music is so, so powerful. Sometimes we forget how powerful it is. All matter is vibrating off of frequency. So frequency is like the core building block of, of everything that's even happening, um, in the body, in, in life. So really bringing in that music the intention that you put into the music to also get transmitted. So if there's an intention to really allow people to relax or give them Mm -hmm. some love, give them the energy that they're needing, then it gets transmitted through the music and it becomes a deep, deep blessing. And then the words are kind of like they're basically subliminal programming which can be used for a variety of purposes and like positive affirmations or just suggestions and it gets into your mind and you might not even realize the thoughts are coming from music that you listened to a few years ago Mm -hmm. because it was planted as a seed and then it starts to develop a whole life of its own.
0: Yeah, it seems yeah, like really the cool. yeah. Oh, sorry. yeah. It seems like the energetic body as well is involved because it's like when the the music and the the rhythms are naturally attuned to the energetic body uh, as opposed to just the physical body, but just also the spiritual body, the luminous body. Like those energy levels are are re- naturally responding to the vibrations of the music, and then you're able to kind of release those states of mind. And also, I would say that we're kind of bringing the result result into the path, so that then. Um, We have always like, oh, I'll be happy when I get this, this, and this. But we're kind of bringing in that result of, well, now, now, imagining I had that, and then experiencing the the fruit of it, so we can then produce more like kinds. Like an apple, apple seed produces apples. When we when we um, bring in the apple seed into our life, uh, you know, we're able to produce the fruit in in the reality. So that's those are two thoughts that came to me based on what you've been saying. And uh yeah, yeah, and then we'll play a song, we'll play something on your your one of your um tracks for people to listen to. Yeah, which one which one do you think uh is the best? You have any I would say uh, Spotify for this Linus, moment? Linus? Either
1: Lioness or hmm, maybe even Rainbow or Nature knows.
0: Yeah, let's why don't we start with Linus? Uh and then at the end we can play yeah. Nature Knows as it's going out. So we'll play and um,
1: also happy Leo, happy Leo season, Lion yeah. Gate, New Moon and Leo. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. We're we're, exactly. we're speaking with uh,
2: this guy over here's birthday today. Yeah, it's mine my in a couple days. So oh, yeah.
0: happy birthday. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You guys are both you guys are all both Leos. Both
2: Leo's, both Leos yeah. So so great to play Lioness, yeah, yeah, in this uh in this Leo time,
0: I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's take a listen. Just remind listeners this is the truth of power show. I'm ready for Booklyn. With Lena Bell and co host uh, Scott Raven. So we're going to play Linus now. Thank you. Hi.
3: 'Cause if you ain't treat me as a goddess, I'm about to hit next. I'm a lioness. I'm a son goddess. I'm a lioness. I'm a sun-
0: A beautiful track and i think it's so um on the nose with its uh empowerment theme and, and just as you were saying um talking about kind of really like yeah empowering and feeling like that flood of like inspiration when listening to it and kind of that relaxation so uh, a very beautiful song yeah fierce and free
2: Yeah, fierce, fierce and, and
0: free, free yeah. that's it yeah
1: <laughs> thank you guys thank you so much for having me
0: yeah we Did have it? uh yeah um, so yeah, so then uh, tell us a little bit more about like um, so now this uh, this now we, one of the questions is about um, you know kind of your your relationship with the music industry as well. Uh, when mm. so you talked a little bit about that in your pre-interview questions. So tell us a little bit about how um, you know creating your path and creating your own path among the, the kind of industry, if you will, and how you how you found your 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 path and within the you know you have the calling aspect and you have your, releasing your inner voice. And you have the aspects of being a great singer, but then you have the business aspect as well and how you're able to kind of manifest that or navigate that aspect of it, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely... It can definitely be a challenging path being an indie artist because you're the whole record label and you have to wear so many hats. The manager hat, the booking agent hat, the producer hat, project manager... um, you know, just uh, the marketer. So I, I've i done a lot of study in marketing in the last few years, even just to get my legs, you know, into the world, uh, learning about mailing lists and Facebook ads and just um, connecting online, social media. So there's, so many so many jobs and it can be it can definitely be a lot um but yeah i mean we all have to choose the path that really resonates with our soul and even though it's more responsibility and more work in the beginning i think there is a big payoff to at least starting out as an indie artist and growing to a certain level as an indie artist uh because you've kind of you've really and nobody can really tell you that you have to not say a certain thing or, you know, mold you in in a way that's not really in your alignment. Mm. Yeah, you talk A lot of these... Yeah,
4: yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: yeah, a lot of these young artists in industry, like it happened to Taylor Swift where it's like she was just so young when she signed that deal and signed all her masters away for six albums. And that was standard practice at the time. But it's just like you got these young kids that are just so, I mean, so young and so impressionable. And, you know, it can be there are some sharks, you know, it's business, you know, Mm. it's business. So like any business entity is going to try to get the best for itself. And when you're really just a young artist, barely starting out, you have very little leverage um you're so reliant upon these people that can make things happen for you so sometimes you sign a lot away in the beginning um which you then regret later on so the indie artist past kind of like going out as like a pioneer into the wild west like um just figuring it out and it's kind of interesting because so many changes have happened in the music industry since i mean the whole napster thing but even more recently with social media and like it's always changing with the algorithms and Facebook ads have gotten more advanced. And some of the record labels are actually like really behind in some of these marketing, mm. uh, marketing tactics. So it's like, if you know how to do certain things, you can actually be ahead of the curve and then not give as much away to certain entities. So yeah, I mean, everybody has their own path, but, I'm happy that, um, things are starting to take root more and I get to be a sovereign person and I get to sing about what I want. I'm open to working with people, you know, aligned managers and potentially, um, signing different deals when it really makes sense and it's really a deal that is, um, worthwhile and I get to maintain my artistic freedom and my masters and things like that. So I think there can be a happy medium for sure. But I'm happy that I have my freedom because I never want to give away my freedom, my divine right to speak what I want to speak. That's just something I would never give away. Yeah.
2: Mm. So where are you now in the album process, um, creatively, collaboratively?
1: Yeah, so the album is totally done. On you know the actual tracks are done. So now it's really about creating the strategy for the launch and um, planning on doing a crowdsourcing to fund the bundles and just get the get the album out into the world, fund some of the marketing of the album, and just um, create a community, a community around it. Um, so that's that's really this next step.
2: Great, and are you are you looking forward to tying that in with some some live engagements, some um, appearances um, out 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 and about uh, touring or uh, performing live? mm Totally.
1: Yeah, I just played. uh, So I'm playing Totality Festival on August nineteenth or nineteenth through twenty third, and it's an outdoor festival by um, Sequoia by Sequoia National Park in Wen- Weldon, California. So I'm playing that festival, and I just played the pre-party for Totality, mm. which is really cool. I played an original music set and then at the end did a sound healing for everyone, so that was really cool. Great. Yeah, just um, been enjoying playing uh, for some beautiful <laughs> gatherings, and just connecting with people, uh, connecting with community, and um, just people doing great things in the world. I love Kind of collaborating on shows like that where, um, it's a really cool group with a good mission and other presenters and things like that.
0: Thank you. Also, it was interesting, uh, you know, calling out to the pre interview questions you put down that, um, everyone should, uh, listen to the work, really listen to the song Imagined by John Lennon. I think that really speaks to the themes of this episode because it's like, um, if we could, only, if, we could only, if we could only like revisit our imagination and, and expand it to the point where we're able to imagine things that we want, you know, just even just imagine it and 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 you know, be able to think it's possible um, for the, the sure. for what we want to be to be manifest uh, in this world, and then uh, if that possibility, were, you know, we think it's impossible sometimes. You think so many things are impossible. And when we believe that impossible things are possible in a grounded way, that we can really open up that, um, that possibility for, for all of humanity, I think. And when we imagine, you know, in our mind's eye, you know, we imagine all of humanity kind of changing and, and the possibility of like, you know, allowing more freedom. Like, just as you were saying, like, I'm sure artists in the past have imagined that there are ways for the industry to become more democratic and, and be less, you know, driven by, um, you know, kind of the industry, or or being discovered, if you will, by a producer. You know, the, that was the old narrative, and now the new narrative is that you know musicians go out there and they're able to make their own path. So it's amazing how the the radical shifting terrain uh, can be manifested. Mm. You know, yeah. What do you think? Any thoughts? Totally. Yeah. So yeah. We have- yeah,
1: we're so powerful. We're we're so. It's. Yeah, if humanity really knew, if we really knew our power, wow. Yeah. We are so, we underestimate our powers mm. so much. Yeah. And if we really, really understood our power,
4: mm.
1: it would just be another game.
4: Yeah. It would
1: just be totally other games. Yeah, you think... know, and even, yeah, John Lennon knew what he was doing with Imagine. He's like, I'm going to get all these people to imagine this. It's going to manifest this reality closer. We're going to be closer to this reality, you know, and um, we just have so much power. We have so much more power than we could ever even fathom. Yeah. And, yeah, it's my wish for humanity that we really start to open up to this power and really awaken to our power.
0: Yeah, it seems like also that the key there, or the keystone to that is like a lot of people, there's many people in this world who realize, and not everyone, but there's some people in the world that realize that they have that power, but they they may not be flooded with love. They may not be flooded with compassion for for all human beings. They, they may be kind of, you know, kind of very driven by um like a dragon-like mentality, kind of am- amassing their own personal wealth rather than, you know, trying to be connected to the to the to the community and connected to the to the spirit, connected to that, you know, I think that's also a key. As you were saying, I remember earlier in the episode we were like going to the mechanics and we were like saying how, you know, love and self love and self compassion is essential to that. So I think that that really keys in on that, you know, when it comes to the the world manifestation, you know.
1: Totally. And sometimes when we think of power, we think of control, but yeah. control is actually not power at all. Control is actually giving your power away mm. to an external entity, because when you're trying to control something, you're basically saying this external thing has such power over me to determine my internal state that I have to attempt to control this external thing in order to feel better. you're basically massively giving your power away when you're trying to control something versus when you're really awake to your true power. You're a hundred percent in charge of your own vibration, your own life. You're in that space of self responsibility. And then I also feel like power is love, like true power is love because love is the flow of the universe. It's like that river that's just like rushing river. And when you're trying to go against it, it's just painful. But the true power is aligning to that source, aligning to that flow, and, you know, surrendering to that because that is the source of all power. And then when you're really flowing with that, you can do anything. You can surf that wave anywhere.
4: Mm.
1: You know, as long as it's in alignment with yourself and others you can direct that flow. But when you try to go against the flow of love, it's just painful, painful for yourself. It's painful for others. And you can try that out for a while and see how it goes. It's just, it's not as fun. It doesn't, it's, um, it's not as powerful. It's not true power. It's just this, uh, kind of addiction cycle. It's a little different, like that craving that, um, Yeah, we can have compassion for these people too because they're very miserable. Mm. Anybody who's living like that trying to control others. They're very very miserable and it doesn't mean we have to accept what they're doing. We can still not consent and, you know, take our power back. But it's like they're it's sad. It's sad for them and um it's much more fun living in the flow of love living in the flow of compassion. You get to be happy. You get to be surrounded by people that love you. You get to have all the abundance in all the ways, including money and wealth and not just, you know, this superficial thing without the true substance of what happiness is. Mm.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So uh, just briefly, I want to tell listeners that this is the Truth to Power show and speaking of all this manifestation work, we'd like to, you know, connect with our community and we'd like to manifest, uh, uh, continue to continue this, uh, program and continue the programs at Ready for Brooklyn. So, um, if you'd like to, uh, donate to Ready for Brooklyn to help us scan the air, we're a nonprofit. Uh, you can give a one time or monthly donation by going to readyforbrooklyn.org slash donate. There you can find some great t shirts, mugs, and other swag that we'd like to send you to say thanks. You can use, you can also use your phone to text RFB123 to 44321. it takes only a moment. You'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donation. Finally, if you shop on Amazon, uh, you can go to Amazon.com/smile and register Radio for Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support. When you do, a percentage of your sales will go to RFB and it'll cost you nothing. Um, if you're listening to this when you're not, when you're in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile apps for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone and Google Play Store for Android. And you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming, upcoming RFB events, and sign up at slash newsletter so finally, before we leave, just tell us a little, your Instagram so that people can then follow your live feeds. Because uh, I know you do, you, every now and then you'll do a live feed or, or any way they can follow your um, your information and your courses. You do some mini-courses or mini-releasing-your-voice stuff. So tell us where we can find you, yeah?
1: Totally, yeah. So you can find me at Lena Bell Music. That's my handle, L-E-N-A-B-E-L-L-E, Music. That's my Instagram handle. I'm also on TikTok now. Um, and you can get uh, some five days of Lena Bell songs free and some backstories behind the songs. And that's, that's the best thing to do is um, you can find that on my website, LenaBellMusic.com, get five days of songs free. Or you can actually text. You can text. Lena Bell with no space, all one word, L E N A B E L L E, and text that in the body of the text to the number 44222. So you just put, like, in the number that you're texting, you put 44222, and then in the body of the text, you put Lena Bell, all one word, L E N A B E L L E, and you can get the five days of Lena Bell songs free, or you can also go to lenabellmusic.com to find that.
2: Wonderful. So the the show before us played uh, played us out with Rainbow Connection, but uh, from the Muppets. So in the spirit of connecting rainbows, I think uh, we should uh, come for full circle and uh, hear a little uh, Rainbow from Lena Bell.
0: Yeah, Rainbow, okay. let me pull that up. I'm going to pull it up now. See you all, and uh, yeah, there it is. Okay, so we'll play Rainbow going out. I just want to remind listeners: this, this has been the Truth to Power show on Radio Free Bookland. We are every Sunday at 11 a.m., to 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And, uh, you can find our back catalog of, uh, about 180 plus episodes at radioforbrooklyn.org slash truth to power. You can go to radioforbrooklyn.org and look up all the different shows that are playing around the, um, around, around the clock, uh, on, on, the, on the app and, and the, the, the streaming live on the website. So thanks so much for being here, Lena. We'll play out rainbow, uh, to the end. Okay. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Yes. Happy yeah. birthday.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Happy
0: <laughs> yeah. happy, happy, Thank happies. you. Thank you.
4: Thank you.
3: Sirens are singing. Okay. The play. the oh. Oh. Sirens are singing.